Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to 4, that's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. So right now, go to 4patriots.com slash Ben. That's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben. I want to talk about foreign policy today here from CPAC. And foreign policy is going to, I think, be the number one issue of this presidential election cycle. KT McFarlane, who is the former national security advisor to the President of the United States of America, Donald Trump, is going to join me in just a moment to talk about China, Iran, North Korea, Russia, and any of the other issues that we may be missing. This election right now and what's happening in Ukraine and the fact that we are on the verge of War Three with an escalation is something that I believe is going to end up being probably the most important issue of the presidential campaign. What's happening right now, and I, I had a very interesting dinner last night at CPAC, a very interesting night, uh, having cigars with some, some friends, some of them former CIA, f- some of them former uh, intelligence officials uh, with, through the Pentagon, some are former military. And what we have learned is that there are thousands now that are dying every day in this war with Russia and Ukraine. Let me say it again. There are thousands that are now dying in this war between Russia and Ukraine. It is escalating. Iran is now giving drones... Uh, and significant technology that is being used by the Russians. China is now supporting and advocating uh, for Russia and giving them things they need. The UK, the UK is obviously coalescing behind Ukraine and Zelensky. And we're now talking about an escalation the point where we're dealing with weapons systems as well as uh, military aircraft. This is not getting closer to peace. This is getting closer to an all-out war. Now, you have two front runners right now in this race. It's clearly Donald Trump, and then it's clearly Ron DeSantis. You also have Nikki Haley, which brings in an interesting perspective. 
because Nikki Haley, obviously being at the UN, she understands these conflicts and what's going on internationally with all of the different players. I do think people should be listening very carefully to what Nikki Haley is saying right now because she has unique insight. Is there a third um, rail, a third lane for Nikki Haley? Possibly. Could it be as the vice president? Possibly. Does she have an important voice in this debate that I think will raise the level of the debate between Trump and DeSantis? Yes. Does that mean that I, I, let me be clear, I'm endorsing her? Of course not. Uh, Is she my first candidate? No. Is she my second favorite candidate? No. But I do believe she's going to bring something important to the debate. And that's why a, a, a vigorous debate is so vitally important. Having a grand debate in this Republican primary is not a bad thing. It is a good thing. Is having a war, a World War III, a good thing or a bad thing? It's a disaster. It's bad for American policy. There's something else that we were talking about last night, and that's this. The sanctions that are being put on Russia by the EU and by America are actually making Russia richer. It was a complete consensus with some of those brilliant minds that I was having dinner with last night. The price of oil and gas has gone up, and that gives him what he needs. And when I say him, I'm talking about Putin. Putin needs some leftover excess cash. And the leftover excess cash that he's getting his hands on right now is what is supplying him what he needs to fund this war. If we want to bankrupt his war efforts, and I think that's the only way to probably win this war, and, and, and to have him go back and, and not take over Ukraine, it would be to bankrupt him through one way and one way only. Lowering energy costs, lowering the price of oil and gas. Now, we are actually helping Vladimir Putin with the sanctions and so is, you, is the UK with sanctions with his oil and gas. We are helping the price of oil and gas go up, which means he makes more money. He makes significantly more money. This is part of the conversation for this presidential campaign that must we must have, and we must have a grand debate about it. My guest from me, Katie McFarland, former Deputy National Security Advisor of the United States under Donald Trump. I love CPAC. Uh, KT, because here is when I get to meet with a lot of different people that I worked with, whether it was back in the Bush administration days. It's, it's kind of like a homecoming. And there's a lot of guys that I talk to and, and ladies here that work in national security, CIA, FBI, um, you know, Pentagon. And I ask them every year, it's almost like a checkup of the doctor. All right, how are we on the world stage? This year, obviously, there's a lot to ask. We were having cigars last night with some people that I, I trust. And we were chatting about national security and the issue of World War III. There's a lot of people that are saying we're getting closer to World War III. In your opinion, this, this conflict between Russia and Ukraine, now all of Europe getting in, the president sending these bank blank checks to Ukraine, now the idea of, of F-16s and missile defense systems and everything else. Could this escalate and how concerned are you about it, it turning into an actual World War III? I, and, and your assessment of Vladimir Putin as well. I do think for the first time in my adult lifetime, certainly since the Cold War, but probably even going back to the 60s, we're at the most dangerous moment. And here's why. We, you know, a year ago at CPAC, when Russia invaded Ukraine, Russia thought, easy peasy, we'll be in in three days, the Zelensky government will be toppled, 
we'll put a puppet government in, we'll control Ukraine. Didn't happen. Why? Because it turns out the Russian military wasn't that any good, despite their major military buildup. It turned out that the Ukrainian people fought back. And it turned out that Europe, which everyone thought had been sort of sleeping along and no longer armed, no longer worried about a Russian threat, they actually rose to the occasion. And so a number of things happened. Now we are a year later, and what are we in? We're in a frozen conflict. It's like World War I in the trenches. You know, the Russians are going to take a little bit, then, then Zelensky takes a little bit, then the Chinese contribute, then we put stuff in. And so it's escalating, but it's still at a stalemate. I think when you look down the road, how long is this going to take to, quote, win, and what is winning? Yeah, you, what is the definition what of winning? What is winning? Right? I mean, if you look at President Biden, who says, well, Putin's got to go, if you look at Zelensky, who says unconditional surrender on the part of the Russians, if you look at Putin, who says, I'm not going anywhere and I'll do anything I can to stay in power and to prevail in my objectives, then add on top of it the most important factor that nobody talks about, which is oil and natural gas. Putin could not have invaded. When you said earlier that Vladimir Putin was kept in check by Donald Trump, yeah, he was kept in check, but he was also kept broke. Russia, if Energy prices are high. Russia, which is the, a world exporter of oil and natural gas, they're rich. And what do they do when they're rich for the last 50 years? They build a military, they invade a neighbor, they have a proxy war. Under Trump, they were broke because we had American oil and natural gas fracking. We pushed and the low, price. And low oil prices per barrel. Lowest oil prices per barrel. Vladimir Putin may have wanted to invade the moon. He couldn't afford to do anything because he didn't have the excess money. Biden comes in, ends the war on America. He starts a war on American fossil fuels. World production goes way, 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 way down. Some pipeline, everything that Donald Trump did, they basically said, undo it when it comes to oil and gas and resources here. Yeah. So we're going to reduce the world production of oil and natural gas because we're going to take America's hands and tie it behind our back. As a result, prices go sky high. Vladimir Putin says, why not? This is my moment. I've got a little extra cash. Let me go after Ukraine. So here we are now. Vladimir Putin, despite the sanctions of the Biden administration, despite all the things they've thrown against it, the Russian economy right now is doing better than a lot of European economies. So Russia is not feeling. Russia can fight forever. As long as, long as, as they have oil prices yes, up. Bingo. As long as oil prices are up, Russia can fight forever. So I look at that and say, mm, one side wants unconditional surrender. The other side says, I can fight forever. I don't have any compunction about destroying Ukraine. I think we're now increasingly getting to two alternative outcomes of this. One, that Putin, again, fighting forever, all the money in the world, completely destroys Ukraine, kills every man, woman, child, flattens it. He has a history of doing that in Chechnya throughout his career. Yeah, if He'd I can't do have that, it, if I, can, if I I'm have gonna it, no her. one can. Yeah, this is like the jealous lover, right? right. Who says, if, you, if I can't have her, I'm going to shoot him. And so that's what Putin's objective is. Now, on the other hand, we have the United States saying unconditional surrender, unconditional surrender. Where is the alternative here? So on one hand, you got a guy who's willing to flatten the country, and then unconditional surrender, as escalation goes on, means an involvement of NATO and the United States, World War III. I don't like either of those options. And what I learned in the Reagan administration, where I earned my spurs, was you find a third option. And the third option is you bankrupt Russia. So what you said a second ago... If you could push those prices of oil back down to where they were under Trump, 
Russia's broke. They may want to fight forever, but they can't, can't fight. afford it. Can't afford it. They can't even afford it. They're out of there in a couple months. So they Charlie, have to negotiate. Charlie Wilson did this in Afghanistan with the yes, Russians. Yes, exactly, exactly. He basically said we, 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 can, we can beat them by giving basic fighting um, equipment to the Mujahideen, to these guys that were on camels. And as long as they can just aim and shoot down the helicopters, if you've never watched the movie, it's a great movie, Charlie Wilson's War. You should go watch it. But it was just being smart enough to realize you could bankrupt Russia. Russia pulled out of Afghanistan, not because necessarily they were losing. It's because they just couldn't afford it anymore. There are a lot of ways to win a war. You don't have to fight to win a war, as we know with the Cold War. We won it without firing a shot. You win it economically, which is our strong suit. So a new American president comes in, stops the war on fossil fuels, energy prices go back and go back down, Putin's bankrupt, can't continue to fight. Then he negotiates the solution, and then the next step, and this is where the important part is, Ukraine can't win the war, they can win the peace. Russia can't win the war, they can always lose the peace. So five years after the war f- stops, fast forward, what happens? Ukraine is fully integrated into the European economy. Europe is in NATO. Europe is so, it'll be like being Germany or Poland. Nobody, Vladimir Putin, even if he had the money, couldn't invade. On the other hand, where's Vladimir Putin and Russia? They're broke. They can't do anything. Pariah state, nobody invests in them. So then you've, you may not have won the unconditional surrender that the Biden administration wants, but you get the outcome you want. Let's talk about, you mentioned Ronald Reagan, strength through peace without ever firing a shot. I worry about Vladimir Putin and the changing of his mindset. And, and I want to talk about his health for a second. I may be wrong, and I want your opinion on this, but my gut is he, he's starting to understand he's getting older. He's starting to have some health issues. And he's like, I want my manifest destiny, my legacy to be that I put the USSR back together. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's rational in this war with Ukraine. If he was, I think he'd be doing it differently. And I think he doesn't care if he bankrupts his country if this is his legacy he's taking back and putting pieces of the pie back together. How much does it concern you with nuclear weapons with Vladimir Putin if, in fact, it is more of a manifest destiny for him where he's not trying to hold on to power for 20 more years? It may be a year or two that he has left to really do whatever it is he wants to do for his legacy. Do you think he is at a point now where he would actually use nuclear weapons because I didn't think he was five years ago certainly 10 years ago 15 or 20 because he was younger he was more he was more he, he understood like if I do that I'm in deep trouble now I don't know if there's enough time to hold him accountable and as, as a human being if he does go there are you worried about nuclear war with him at all I'm worried that Vladimir Putin who does have this manifest destiny has to achieve it in his lifetime who understands that if he comes home an unconditional surrender and defeat, as the Biden administration wants, he does not stay alive. He gets either pushed out of office or a bullet in the head. And for him, there's absolutely no restraint. There's all bets are off. If I'm going down, I'm not going down alone. And that is a worry that I have not had. I have not I, had I, that I, since yeah. the Cold War, before I, I, the Cold War. Yeah, my biggest worry was post 9-11 certainly was a dirty bomb. Right. Yeah. A bad actor. Yeah. And that's what that when we went to the Middle East, that was the argument. Right. A bad, a dirty bomb, you know, biological, chemical weapons, nuclear Iran brings me back to Iran for a moment. We know Iran now is aligned with Russia. Iranian drones are being used in Russia and Iran is much, much, much closer than they've been in my entire lifetime to having their own nuclear weapon. Yes. And no one seems to be covering that in the media. No. It's not the bright, shiny object. The world is falling into two camps. 
And on one side, you have China, Russia, Iran, North Korea. They have nuclear weapons. They have a lot of money. They have technology. We and, and they have will. I mean, they have a concerted effort that what their job is is to control the world, dominate the world. On the other hand, we have the United States. We have our Asian allies. We have our European allies. We don't have an American leadership who says, okay, here's the plan. The plan is let's use what we're really good at, technology, economy, trade, our economic system, our political system, our freedoms. And that's where I, I really worry we've got a dangerous time in the next year and a half until we get a new American president who, like Reagan, says, this is our time, let's bring everybody together and stand up to the bad guys and fight them on the grounds that we choose, not on the grounds they want. But nuclear war is all of a sudden, you know, we used to laugh about it. Yeah, it was not a reality, now that I worry about it. Vladimir Putin faced with a bullet in his head. And, and and unconditional surrender demands of the United States. Can you remind people the history yeah. of, of Putin? You mentioned it a moment ago, and and now I want I want to follow up on it, and then I, I promise I'm going to let you go. But uh, this is you said something. You said Vladimir Putin has a history of going scorched earth. Literally, if he can't have it, no one can. It's uninhabitable. Yes. No one's going to want to live there. I've decimated, destroyed it. It, it. It's it's a non livable condition for rebuild. In essence. You, you look at him now with Ukraine, if he did go there, and you did have a nuclear weapon that went off there, it's, in an, it's, it's uninhabitable. That's a victory for him, even if he gets isolated. And, and, and that is something I don't think he's afraid of at all. No, and the Russian people are behind him. The, the thing that I find just a joke is that when the Biden administration and people say, well, we get rid of Vladimir Putin, everything's going to be fine. No, it's not. You probably get somebody worse than Vladimir Putin. And anyway, he's quite popular in Russia right now. They think he's doing the right thing. They're all for Ukraine. They're all for this Ukraine war and having some kind of a victory in Ukraine. What Vladimir Putin came to power, so a little bit, I've studied him for 40 years. He came to power so that he was in the KGB, the Soviet Union collapsed. He thought it was the greatest tragedy in the 20th, 20th century that the Soviet Union collapsed. He has spent his entire political career, after he left the KGB, rebuilding Mother Russia. He thinks this is the final jewel in the crown, is getting Ukraine. The way he actually got into the presidency 20 years ago was that, that, Afghan, that um, Russia had a war in Chechnya, the terrorist war, breakaway province of Chechnya, and nobody could seem to win it. The political leadership at the time, it was, it just, they weren't winning it. There were bombs everywhere. And so Vladimir Putin's strong man, he comes to power by saying, I'll solve it. And he did. And what he did in the little country of Chechnya was he killed everybody. He, there were... The, I mean, it was brutal. I mean, it People was brutal. Are, it, the inhumane type of war. There was no rules of engagement there for were, him. They targeted civilian targets. And in the capital of, of Chechnya, Grozny, it was said that there were not two bricks left on top of each other because he leveled the entire city. It was he turned it to rubble. Then everyone said, Vladimir Putin, he's a strong man. We need to pull Russia back into greatness. He knows the template. He knows if he doesn't win in Ukraine, there's some other guy who's going to say, I'm going to make of Ukraine what we made of Chechnya. So I think Vladimir Putin knows how to do it. He knows war, he war always seems to consolidate power for leaders in Russia. UK, Russians like strong leaders. If you look throughout their history, throughout their history for 500 years, the Russians only got rid of people, only got rid of leaders if they had a bad economy and they were weak abroad. Now, Putin is looking weak abroad. His economy is doing better. He cannot afford to be weak abroad and survive. 
Last question for you. What keeps you up at night? And I say that with me telling you what keeps me up at night. Yeah. And I want to get your thoughts. I worry that we're so focused now on Russia, Ukraine, and all of our military efforts, all of our mind uh, is going to this conflict, all of our aids going to this conflict. And what keeps me up at night now is Al-Qaeda and ISIS and a nuclear ran. Because we have an open border. We have a lot of military-aged men coming across that border. I was down at the border when we caught men coming in from Turkey. They were released to a Catholic charity after we witnessed them coming into America. And two of them, after they were being interrogated by Texas Department of Transportation, we called the guys that basically aren't the border guards. The border said, let them go. And then we called Department, you know, Texas and said, hey, they came and got him, took them to Catholic Charities. They interrogated him, found out that two of the guys were airline pilots from Turkey. They dropped all their papers at the border, so they got a clean slate, right, a fresh start, so you can't deport them right back to Turkey. We knew they were from Turkey because of the language. And we found out that two of them were actual commercial pilots. They take them to the Catholic Charity. They drop all their papers at the border. They're now in America right now. They're in this country. I am terrified that this open border is allowing for another 9-11 to be, ha- to be planned by someone in the world. And I'm terrified also of Iran because we're not focusing on those two issues and we're out of Afghanistan. And, and, and I think intelligence-wise, we said we're going to leave it and we're going to literally leave it. We don't want intel. We're done with Afghanistan. You guys play there. That's what keeps me up at night. Is that... The right or wrong thing to keep me up at night. Are that's you worried? A good th- I had not heard about the Catholic charities, etc., but that certainly would keep me up at night. I think the key thing that keeps me up the most at night, though, is that for 20-some years we were focused on the forever wars in the Middle East, trying to build democracy in countries that couldn't build it, and we took our eye off China, and for 20 years, the rise of China. That now we're getting distracted with Russia and Ukraine, and all of our, our resources and mental energy are going to that, again, taking our eye off China. If the United States is continuing to prosecute a war militarily that we could win economically, but we choose not to, then I worry that at the end of it all, China is, once China's in charge, we never get it back. China becomes, dominates the world. They'll deal with the nuclear weapons in Iran and every other way, the way they do. But once the United States is no longer the technological superpower, the economic superpower, once it's China... We lose our, li- our peace and prosperity for our children and our grandchildren's generation, and we don't ever get it back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. 2 thirds of Americans are at risk of experiencing a blackout. You could be one of them, sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days. 
maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. Folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable. So you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. Or other devices like your electric blanket, your microwave, your RV, air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets, so you can power more devices at once. And two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to 4, that's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. So right now, go to 4patriots.com slash Ben. That's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben. We've been talking so much about Russia. We've been talking so much about China Ukraine, World War III, who better to talk about it than former Deputy National Security Advisor to Donald Trump, KT McFarlane. I, I love seeing you. It's like every year at CPAC, I see people I'm like, you're still alive. We're still alive. Oh, we're still alive. Right? We're still yeah, alive. We're I see you. It. I'll see you in a year, right? Like, I know I'm going to see my friends every year. Um, you were former Deputy National Security Advisor, and under Trump, you guys did an amazing job of keeping China in check keeping Iran in check, keeping Russia in check. Uh, the Nord Stream pipeline was an issue where he said no to that and told the world, you don't need to do this. He warned Germany, you guys are idiots for taking this cheap oil. You're propping up Putin. He warned the UK that you guys are dependent on them and this is going to bite you in the rear end. All of that has become true. Now it's an issue of national security on two fronts. We know now from Wuhan and, and our government's admitting it, okay, it, it, it came, COVID-19 came from Wuhan and Virology. This was, they lied to us. They didn't help protect the world. China took advantage of that in many ways and said, hey, if we're going down, everybody else in the world is. They knew they had a problem. They knew they had an outbreak. They didn't protect the rest of the world. That's a problem. From, a, from an accountability standpoint, how shocked are you that our government isn't trying to hold China accountable for all of their lies just with COVID because it was a national security issue in my opinion you had an entire world shut down and even now people are like oh well okay fine it happened from wuhan who cares it's china we got to move on because we need china are you shocked by the ignorance of that just mindset of this administration the irresponsibility of this administration you know china is presenting and has presented the only strategic threat to the united states probably in our history going back a hundred or so years China is the only country that can replace the United States, and it has every intention of doing it. It talks openly about it, of shoving the United States aside and creating a new world order led by China. Now they're doing it economically, politically, diplomatically, militarily, technologically, with trade, with everything. What I and others were concerned with when COVID started, when I was asked, I think when I first saw you here at CPAC two years ago or three years ago in 2020, what was it? It was just, it, we didn't know what it was. It was some kind of, you know, 
plague coming around the world. We're not sure from whom. We knew that it was from, or I and others knew that it came out of Wuhan, and it was the Chinese Biological Weapons Lab in Wuhan. The United States, turns out, we had a presence at that same lab, maybe in a different building or in a different wing, but it was a leak. And the Chinese, it's not that they deliberately leaked it. What happened was they realized once it leaked what they had because they were seeing the deaths in the city of Wuhan. They had created a virus out of nature. They had supercharged it. It's called gain-of-function research. And once they realized how lethal it was and how contagious it was, they shut down China right away. They did not allow people from the city of Wuhan to travel anywhere in China. They, they basically shut the country down. What they opened up, however, was, the, was travel in and out of Wuhan. So Wuhan is a city that has a lot to do with the, the uh, garment industry in Italy. So they sent Wuhan residents, who probably were carrying the plague, and they went to Italy. And then from Italy, it spread to Europe, and then it came to the United States. So did they employ and let loose a biological weapon on the world? No, but once they knew they had it, they employed it as such. That that should have been our wake-up call to say, okay, now let's look at everything else they're doing in the light of the fact that they're willing to do that to the world. You dealt with national security issues. I think one of the things, and it's a question that I, I, I don't believe has been answered yet, is this president, since he's become President Biden, has not stood up to China, in my opinion, on one major thing Correct. once. Correct. Is that, do you believe, possibly because Joe Biden's compromise, the Biden crime family's compromise, James Biden's compromise, Hunter Biden's compromise, and the amount of money and the funding and the billions of dollars in loans and the CEFE, I mean, Let's be clear. When we were releasing our strategic oil reserves, there was a tanker that was sold to CEFE of our oil reserves that went straight to China. Their filings, financial filings, still show Hunter Biden as being a part of that company, even though the White House said he had divested all of his foreign investments. There would be, and now he's an artist. We also know that a lot of his art's being bought by people in China. From a national security perspective, Standpoint, being the former National Deputy Security with Trump advisor, when you look at this, do you think they are compromised and that's why they cannot stand up to China? I do think they're compromised, but I think it's even wider than that. I don't think it's a bag of, of money under the suitcase for a bribe for a specific incident. The Chinese are all over the place. The Chinese are major donors to think tanks. The Penn Biden Center, where all those classified documents were found, that's a center that was paid for by the Chinese. Now, who was at that center? Who were the scholars? These were people who left the Obama administration, went to a Chinese-funded think tank, and parked themselves there. And this is all the senior people who then became, you know, secretaries of state, et cetera, and the senior jobs in the Biden administration. Now, is that a bribe, or is that, gee, China's our friend. China has paid for our salaries. China's so close to us. Let's kind of give them the benefit of the doubt again and again and again. And it's not just those particular individuals. It's the think tanks. It's the college campuses. The Chinese have been on a, a concerted effort to infiltrate the United States intellectual community, the thought leaders at the in highest the country, level. at the I- highest levels for 20 years, and they've thrown around a lot of money to do it. So it's, it's not just one or two individuals. It's the whole gang of them. It's the whole Washington elite. Republicans as well as Democrats, but most particularly Biden and the Democrats. Let's talk about China. And there's a headline that's not gotten a lot of attention, which has actually shocked me. And that's the fact that there's basically Chinese police stations in the United States of America to keep track and to keep in check people from China and the U.S. How are we even allowing that to happen? 
again, it's the Chinese have infiltrated so many aspects of our society. We, they do have police stations, Chinese police stations in the American cities to track Chinese citizens. And that's, dual not, a, citizens. that's not a conspiracy theory. No, and they're I want there. people to understand I mean, that. Like, they're there. And, like, when that story kind of broke, people are like, whatever, that's a conspiracy. I'm like, no, it's actually real. They really are doing this, and we're allowing it in America. They have think tanks that they pay for in colleges and high schools around the country. They're called Confucius Institutes. Those are spy tracks. I mean, they're, they're recruiting spies. They're recruiting, they're putting their own people there to act as spies and then trying to recruit Americans as spies. There's another example. If you want, if you have a company and you want to listen on the New York Stock Exchange, in order to have that privilege, you have to show all of your paperwork, your books, your accounting, you know, a forensic account. They look through every inch of every nickel that was spent anywhere. If you're a Chinese company, maybe a Chinese military company, what do you think you have to do to list on the stock exchange? Those rules were all waived. China can list on the New York Stock Exchange. Pension funds from American government pension funds, they're investing in those companies. So we have basically paid for the Chinese military buildup. Look, the Chinese, we, the thing that is so upsetting, because it's hard to wrap your head around the idea that there is a country that is using every aspect of its government and national and economic power to replace the United States, kick us on the ash heap of history, and then take over the world. Let's talk about the, the, the documents that the president has. He admitted in an interview, I think it was CBS or, or, or ABC, I can't remember, the exclusive interview, but it was recently, that he had classified documents dating back to his first years, his, his timeline he gave the American people in the Senate. This is 40-plus years of documents, classified documents he's had his hands on. How concerned are you... Again, former Deputy National Security Advisor, that a U.S. Senator had these documents outside of a skiff mm-hmm. and is admitting the timeline is over his entire 50 year career in Washington. And there seems to be really no accountability for this so far. Yeah, there's a special prosecutor, I get that. But these documents were everywhere, and a lot of them dealt with the same exact company or, or countries which the Biden crime family was profiting f- from. Documents were being told from places like Iran. China, about China, I should say, about Iran, about Ukraine, about Russia. Look, the, the Biden crime family and the, the people affiliated and on the edges of it are committing an enormous crime against the American people. They're getting rich on it. But they're, the thing that I find, I guess, even more upsetting is, look, I expect politicians to, be, to lie, cheat, steal, and get bribed. What really is upsetting is that the Justice Department, that's supposed to represent the American people, is treating this very differently. I mean, they created the whole Russiagate spy thing, and then they prosecuted President Trump. They now have direct evidence, Hunter Biden's laptop, etc., and they're not doing a thing to go after those people. And then the complicit media, so that the media, even some members of the media who do want to do their job, people like Ben Ferguson, um, what are you doing? You're shut down. And so it, it, it's a really scary time in America. I mean, the First Amendment rights, you can't even get up and speak about that. The New York Post tried to talk about the Hunter Biden laptop, right? They're kicked off of social media. They're going to be prosecuted by the Justice Department. It's, it's, to me, the adver- adversaries are not Republicans versus Democrats anymore. It's the, the people of the country versus the Washington power elite of both political parties in cahoots with the mainstream media and social media and the corrupt influences that they all seem to be part of. Uh, and, And hopefully some of our predictions are wrong.
All right, don't forget to share our podcast. We'll be back here tomorrow live from CPAC as well. So make sure you download the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, iHeartRadio app, Apple, and make sure you write us a five-star review. And also download Verdict with Senator Ted Cruz as we will be live on stage at CPAC. You're going to get to hear that live taping. Download Verdict with Ted Cruz. I'll see you back here tomorrow. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to 4, that's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. So right now, go to 4patriots.com slash Ben. That's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the sink a lot. lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you <laughs> in some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts.